Give me back my intro, Hunter. The boy's back. The boy's coming in hot, and the boy's been ready since two weeks ago. <laughs> the, the, the boy is back. The boy is back and down. Good well, song. Yeah. yeah and, uh, Underrated song. People just sing it because it's a classic, but it's just a good song. It is a good song. I was told that that is about uh, a college baseball team. Hmm. The boys are back in town for, for, uh, for school. That's what I've heard. That sounds like a cover-up. Speaking of cover-ups. Speaking of... uh, Yeah, smooth transition. Speaking of the boys not back in town, Ben is once again absent. Unexcusably absent. Yeah, sure hope he's okay. (laughs) Thanks, bud. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's all right. I got too uh, empathetic right there. Oh, well, what are we talking about today? I'm excited about today because we're talking about something that's really hot. It seems I'm the odd man out on this, but I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, so uh, we're talking about a hot topic in the uh, in the fitness. So hot right now. The so fitness hot. interwebs. If you go on the Google machine and type in fitness documentary, probably the first one that'll pop up is The Game Changers on Netflix. Mm. I've Ooh. heard about this from a lot of different people. A lot of people have been talking about it. A lot of people have seen it and decided to that, to try a vegan diet, and we want to discuss the the documentary. We've all seen it, except for Chase, and uh, mm-hmm. talk about uh, the claims made in the documentary, um, just our thoughts on it in general. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to dig into this. Um, I think you know we've been sending out in our weekly emails some articles about it, talking about it, and um, get, been getting a lot of questions from from clients about have you seen this documentary? I'm thinking about going the vegan, or some of them just have started trying it anyways, and and we want to. Uh, to talk about what we see in the movie. Let me see. Let me see if I understand this uh, documentary correctly. Uh, in summation, if I want to be any kind of a top level athlete and reach the next level of my game, I'm almost obligated to be vegan. It's that, kind of the vibe a, I've been getting from people. That's essentially what they're trying to say in this documentary. And really, yeah, it, I really didn't even think they did a great job of. Prese- uh, presenting points that would even lean you towards that. Yeah, it's like it, the people that I've talked to, whether they've been hyped about it or not, have made it. It seems like it sounds like that uh, any top level athlete that I could think of is at that position because they've cut out all of these products from their lives. And I, it sounds kind of, it doesn't sound believable to me, but that's maybe because I really enjoy steak and bacon and chicken. <laughs> That's that's their premise, and they 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 go through a lot of different claims and all that type of stuff through the through the movie that you can poke a lot of holes into, and um, you know the the I've I've read a lot of articles and and looked to some people that I look up to that know a lot about nutrition, and um, uh, the best I've found going kind of throughout the whole documentary and pointing out e- each part and talking about it is by Lane Norton, so L A Y N E Norton, um. He, he wrote an article, The Game Changer, to review a scientific analysis. So if you look that up, um, check that out. Another good resource just on this whole topic in general is a Joe Rogan podcast that I reference a lot between uh, Chris Kressler, a debate between Chris Kressler and, and a vegan doctor, and um, just talking about the, the actual science um, that vegans use to um, support their claims um, and uh, Chris Kressler and the, and the vegan I have a very long, riveting debate, um, pretty heated. Um, so I'll go check that out on the Joe Rogan podcast. I, I don't know. That probably came out a year or so ago. So, well, so I, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of people that haven't seen this documentary, yeah. myself included. So is do you think you'd be able to give like a brief synopsis of what 
specifically they talk about through this whole ordeal? Um, I mean, I think we can kind of go through 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 the movie from start to finish and kind of talk about what stood out to us. But I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head with yeah. your synopsis earlier of um, vegan diet is going to take your performance. It's called Game Changers because they're coming at it a performance aspect. Um, but they also talk about um, the ethics of of eating animals and all that type of stuff and um, performance um, in a lot of different aspects in the bedroom as well as on the field. So um, there's a lot of angles they come at it, um, and I think I think you know it. There's a lot that happens in it, and you can get caught up and in, in in it and get caught up in what's going on and just really get overwhelmed by it. But I think if if we break it down in parts, I think it'd be good. Um, the first thing um, that I've learned over the years, whenever you're looking at a scientific study is, um, or a movie, or especially documentaries, um, who's who's producing the documentary, who's funding it, because mm-hmm. they're putting it out for a reason. Um, number one, James Cameron produced it. We all know James Cameron, a big-time movie producer. So obviously, a guy who's known for making extremely entertaining movies is going to make an extremely uh, entertaining and persuasive documentary. And also, he um, is owner of if not the largest, one of the largest uh, pea protein producing companies in the world. And so he has a very vested financial interest in vegan because he's trying to sell pea plant protein. Mm. Um, and so keep that in mind. You can, there's also a lot of other links of people who are involved in the movie have financial interests outside of the movie to veganism. And so it, it's important to know like, hey, these guys want you to become vegan because it's going to line their pocketbooks when you when you think about that point right there that kind of eliminates the word documentary i know they use the word documentary but i think you know i've seen a lot of people kind of start the discussion with documentary is you present a couple of different sides of a topic and you let the viewer make their own um, yeah make their own judgment. uh judgment about what whatever they're whatever they're talking about or whatever the topic is. And so this is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. I don't think anyone who I think, uh, I think Joe on- Rogan, Joe Rogan said it was like, if, if you're presenting both sides of the argument, it's a, it's a documentary. If you're pre- presenting one side of the argument, it's propaganda. I think for us in the nutrition field too, and just health and fitness in general, um, when you watch something like that, it's really hard to, it's really hard to watch when they present an argument that, doesn't even it not only does it not give the other side of the coin you know a voice but it actually it argues a perspective on the other side that no one would argue mm-hmm. and so we'll get into that in a little bit but that's one of the things i think that's a little bit frustrating for it if you know what you're looking for that you know it really is it is an entertainment it's an hour and a half of entertainment is what it is what it is yeah yeah so let, let's just kind of dig into the movie and start so it's kind of told from perspective of this guy who is a former UFC fighter um, and he talks about he's trying to recover from surgery he does all this research and determines uh, that he's going to try a vegan diet (laughs) and Lane Norton actually breaks down his claim of how many hours he spent uh, studying like he said he spent a a thousand over a thousand hours reading scientific studies which if you've ever tried to read a scientific study it is so dense. It's incredibly dense. What are the hours? And second off, he determined that uh, in six months, he would have to spend 40% of his waking hours um, studying scientific studies to to have that many. So possible, likely, probably not. So starting off the claim with an exaggeration to say, I've spent all this time studying this stuff, which is 
probably most likely a, a exaggerating uh, claim. So then they go on to, um, they talk about gladiators were vegan and they talk about some, some bones that they dug up from gladiators <laughs> and that there were traces of, um, uh, primarily, you know, something that determined that they were primarily plant-based diet, which the whole, the whole premise of that was very flawed to me because well, it, and it's not even a good argument. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. So they, <laughs> they were eating vegetables, like everybody eats vegetables. And then another, you know, they also were saying, well, this proves that gladiators were trying to perform at their elite level. Um, so this is what they determined to, <laughs> to that they needed to eat. It was like, Hey, Gladiators were slaves. They were probably eating whatever they were given. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. Yeah, it, it was a lot cheaper and less time-consuming to just throw raw vegetables at sure, them instead sure of wish they would throw us a rabbit instead of cooking and preparing meat for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think that's like the biggest one is like just because they found this, that doesn't really mean anything. Um, Caleb, did you think anything about that that part at all? Uh, no, I just yeah, that, that was the exact point is like these people are slaves. Like they have an average life expectancy of two years beyond when they become a gladiator. And so it wasn't that they were thinking about long term health and you know longevity <laughs> and all of this. They were just literally slaves. And you, they you were. Might as, you might as well have told me that brontosauruses were vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, that, that would mean about as much. Their but, argument was gladiators are 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 fighting to the death so they're going to do whatever is best for t- no they're going to they're going to do whatever they're given and they're going to eat whatever they're given and, the, and then the study doesn't exactly even the, and mind. the study doesn't even prove that they were weren't eating meat it just that's, said that's they, exactly right. the study was like they were predominantly plant-based diet which Everyone most of that before, yeah. before yeah. especially what? before all this processed food was predominantly plant because yeah. that was the most accessible um so anyways that that was just a kind of a really faulty claim um then they they talk about protein as fuel and they talk about guys saying well i've always heard i need to get protein for energy and like nobody talks about yeah. that like that's, that's <laughs> no nobody thinks that you're using protein for energy anymore maybe they did 50 or 75 years ago but it's common knowledge that you're not using protein um when you're working out yeah and so that that whole premise of the movie was just bizarre to me that they'd even talk about that and they interviewed a couple of guys saying that well maybe they really did believe that but they just obviously nobody's ever told them like actually what macronutrients do, how your body uses um, certain macronutrients. Um, so then they move on to the next point. Um, increasing protein depletes muscle glycogen. Um, you know, they talk about some studies in there um, that, that they're referencing, but you know, once again, I didn't really, I didn't really see a whole lot uh, of, of persuasive evidence and what their what their claims were there. What'd you guys think on that? Anything? Well, I'm you know you've if uh if your glycogen stores get low get low enough, you can actually your your protein can actually be converted into muscle glycogen mm-hmm. like uh uh, ne- uh neo. I need another cup of coffee before I try to go down that uh, yeah. rabbit trail. But if you if you do if you do eat enough, then or if you get enough protein in there, and it can it can go over into your glycogen source. Yeah, for sure. Um. So the next, and they start get digging into the athletes gluconeogenesis. That's what I was thinking <laughs> there, about. There you, go, there, you go, there you go. So then then they start going into the to the athletes, and this is where they're really trying to you know make their big. Um, persuasive argument is like, look at these world class athletes who are 
vegan and their performance increased a lot because they became vegan and talk about Conor McGregor and they talk about his loss to Nate Diaz, who is a uh, vegan or vegetarian and Conor McGregor was eating steak every day. And then they get him saying, or somebody saying if, if he hadn't been eating steak, he wouldn't have won the fight. And it's like that what hit <laughs> you're, you're completely not taking into account like fighting styles. Conor McGregor was like literally 30 pounds lighter than Nate Diaz. Um, you know, that there's so much more to it, like training leading up to it. Yeah, maybe he, maybe his training's not great. It's That's like why a picture gassed. perfect representation of a bad scientific study when yeah. you use one single variable yeah, without all, the, without yeah. all, there's, a bunch all of these, there's all these other variables that are right. in play there. And then Conor McGregor beat him the second time. Like Yeah, Conor McGregor had to put on twenty pounds to mm-hmm. fight. So he was trying to put on weight before, which as we know is not necessarily gonna help your fitness and especially something like that is that fitness dependent. Um, it's not like a team sport where there's all these variables. It's literally your fitness, basically. Um, but they also, one of the things that struck me as soon as they started that conversation, I knew exactly where they were going. I don't know that there's a more, and unless you're just a purist and you love Conor McGregor and followed him for a long time, I don't know that there's a more hated individual as far as just general. Oh, yeah. You know, the things he says, how just brash he is, how confrontational he is. I don't know that they could have picked a, anyone better to represent the side that they're not defending as far as the purpose of the of the movie. Um, and so that, for me, was really hard to get past. It's like, of course you're not going to want to... Con- so immediately you begin this conversation and you watch the next hour of research and in your mind you have this Conor McGregor mentality of eating meat, just this just rude, you know, hated person mm-hmm. who's on the opposite side of the the side that they're trying yeah. to defend. And and the, the, they were kind of, the, they were using sports that, you know, were more geared towards either uh, either endurance or uh, or skill. So, I mean, like you take fighting for an example. You can win, if you, wa- if you watch UFC fights, you can win a fight without winning a fight. Like, the uh, I, I'll use this example about why I have a, such a tough time watching uh, UFC. The first fight that I ever watched, I, I stayed uh, went to watch a pay-per-view with some friends, stayed the stayed at the restaurant this whole time to watch uh, Frank Mir fight uh, Brock Lesnar. It was the first time they ever fought. But yeah, Brock Lesnar comes out of the corner and beats Frank Mir from one end of the ring to the other. It was a absolute savage beating. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, Frank Mir goes to the ground, and he just happens to look over. He's like, oh, look, an ankle. Puts him in an ankle lock, and the match is over. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I sat here for three and a half hours for. Uh, and uh, another point on this is Nate Diaz has a bunch of losses in the UFC. So are his losses because he ran into even better vegans? Like, if, if that's your argument, he won because he's a vegan. Well, these guys, <laughs> well, what about the vegan. ones he lost? What about these guys? Are they just more superior vegans than you? Like, that's just a, a faulty argument. I love yeah. the, I love that on that side of the the faulty argument was uh the opposite of that was Usain Bolt who during the Olympics was eating yeah. 100 chicken nuggets a day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, so basically you're saying you can either go vegan and and win or eat 100 chicken nuggets a day and, and be the best the person fastest to ever live. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's literally what they're saying. This whole yeah. thing was they go and pick like the very best vegan athletes they can find which aren't even that like they're not the best athletes. Yeah, they're, they're not, not the Usain top. they're yeah. not Usain Bolt level. Well, what about all these other elite athletes that are out there that are not eating a vegan diet? You don't even talk about them. Like, what what's what's separating them? So there's just so many other variables in performance besides diet. Yeah, and diet's important, but 
you know, that's not the that's not the reason that they have gotten to where they are. I don't know if you want to go into this next part, but one of the things when you go into the people that, you know, you look at the course of the documentary and the people who they're using as examples, for the most part, are all professional athletes or seem to be people who their life is about, like they have people cooking for them. They have all, all these other factors, training. Um, they're basically training all day. And so you have a very unrealistic, I think the people who we're talking to who are listening to this and who are watching this documentary and changing their lives potentially have families and all of these other influence and things that make this very unrealistic, realistic yeah. for a couple of days maybe. But as far as longevity goes, all of these athletes that are probably having people cook for them, you know, and so the vegan diet that they're eating is, is very different than us just going to Kroger and trying to stay, all right, let's just start eating vegetables. Yeah. It, it would be, it would be like taking a, uh, you know, a, a mom of three and telling her, you know, Hey, you should start following the, what is rich doing program. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, so the next argument they make is, you know, they, they talk about how, uh, people who eat meat say that they eat, there's essential amino acids in meat that you can't, uh, get from plants. And they talk about, well, yes, you can get all your essential aminos from, from a wide variety of plants. But if you actually look at how hard it is to get all those amino acids from plants, like you're going to have to eat a very wide variety of plants and you're also going to have to eat more protein because you're not going to be able to get as much of those amino acids out of the plants as you can from from uh, from the meat. And, and Lane Norton said, uh, I thought he just summed that whole argument uh, up very well. You, on average, vegans only get about 14% of their calories from protein. At these low levels of protein, the quality of protein becomes even more important. Do we need animal protein? No, but it is a it is. But is it a superior source of essential amino acids? No question, especially when total protein in the diet is low. And so, it's going to be extremely hard to get all the essential amino acids that you need from a vegan diet. And it's going to be you're going to have to eat a lot more protein to be able to get all of those. When it's a lot easier for your body to access those through meat. You should just start. Then you can just start doing like three or four. Pea protein shakes a day, and then James Cameron's happy. Yeah, doesn't that sound delicious? There you go. Yeah, yeah. but, it, oh, but wow. and, and here's the thing: the if you only have pea protein, you're you're not going to get all your essentials <laughs> because exactly you have. Right. There's a lot of different types of uh, protein sources from from vegetables that you need to get. Um, the next arg argument was just ludicrous to me. Uh, the peanut butter sandwich has as much protein <laughs> as three eggs or a three ounce steak. Luda. Yeah, this and was the only time I laughed in the documentary. I mean, yeah. I was like, are you humor. serious right now? Like. How like, so let's talk about how much peanut butter you're actually having to put on a peanut butter sandwich. They didn't talk so about that. Probably how I make peanut butter yeah. sandwiches. <laughs> they didn't even add in I the mean, end of these calorie count. They yeah, didn't even have yeah, to add did, in the bread to the, the calorie count. count of, to get the same amount of protein, um, it's going to be uh, about 200 calories for the eggs or 228 calories for the steak, um, 412 calories for the peanut butter. Yeah. So you're literally eating double uh, the calories to get the same amount of protein. You keep that up over a long period of time, you're going to be in bad shape. Mm -hmm. you're just way, way overeating. Okay, so then they talk about the strongman guy. Go back to the variables. You know, uh, strongman is notorious for, I mean, let's face it, performance enhancing. I mean, do you, can this guy get this strong without eating meat? Highly, highly doubtful. And is he using other things? I'm not going to accuse anybody, but I would not be surprised. Yeah. He probably, I mean, if you you put those factors in, yeah, he's probably doing better because he's probably eating a higher quality of food if he's still if he's still taking in the um, 
those uh, taking in those those extra things. He's probably feeling a lot better, performing a lot better, but he's not losing a lot of strength because he is probably on these performance enhancers. I just, yeah, I have a, and and once again, I mean, you know, if even if you. Uh, if you don't even casually follow the strongman circles, I mean, I've never heard of that guy. Yeah, yeah, I never heard of him. Either. And then they, and I mean, they literally spent like five minutes showing this dude like walking with yokes and flipping things over and all this type of stuff. Like, okay, that's cool. I guess there's a lot of people that can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even that much weight compared to what a lot of dudes can do. Yeah. Um, they talked about this uh vegan heavyweight boxer who went the distance with Klitschko, who's one of the greatest boxers of all time. So, but. Klitschko eats tons of meat. So, like, at this point in their argument, they're saying uh, he went the distance because of his vegan diet, but he only lost because Klitschko is one of the greatest fighters of all time. But when they're making the argument with Conor McGregor, it's Conor McGregor lost because of his diet, not because he lost to a superior fighter, if that makes sense. So, That's it's like exactly a complete right. opposite argument. They were just making 15 minutes um, earlier in the uh, in the, in the the thing. So, the next next thing they go to is the burrito experiment. And this is where they, where they do the test of blood centrifuge they have the guys eat the uh, the burrito with the protein and then they have the guy eat the burrito without the protein they show the show the um the centrifuge and the the one with the with the protein is cloudy and um it's cloudy because of the extra fat that that's in the in the in the meat that they're doing that's going to make the the blood look like that and it doesn't have doesn't have anything to do with uh <clears throat> with the actual protein that there is. It, I mean, it's not the meat, it's just the fat. And then they reference the avocado study. Uh, Lane Norton talks about how the avocado study they reference was funded by the Haas avocado brand. So another, you know, it, it's just another, like these studies, you have to really look at, all right, well, who's funding this study? That's one of the first things you look at. It's like, well, if if I'm doing a, uh, if I own a banana company and I'm doing a study for to, to prove how healthy bananas are, you better bet your, bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to make that study turn out the way I want to. I'm going to manipulate it the way I can. And they don't talk about all that type of stuff. So anyways, what do you guys think about that? Because that's one of the things people talk about is the blood, actual blood, um, blood shown in, in, in those two studies. I mean, in those experiments. I just, yeah, I just, I mean, for me again, it was the same idea. They, they're comparing, you know, these, the, I think they were for the dolphins. Did they play for the dolphins, the football players? Anyway, they had two guys and they're like, so what do you eat? And he's like, I'm a vegetarian. And then the other two guys are like, I eat Popeyes every single day. Yeah. And so again, it's just like, all right, we can't even start a conversation at that point. They're comparing, you know, a very, very poor diet. Yes, it is a traditional diet. So there's a lot of people in, that will, you know, that eat things like that throughout the court, fried foods, especially around here on almost a daily basis. But it was a little bit ridiculous to me to say just because you play professional football, you know, and you have a poor diet, that means you're all of a sudden, you know, you're going to be incredibly unhealthy. You can you can be incredibly unhealthy and still play a team sport, right? Yeah. So it was hard to it was hard to get past that when they're comparing these vegan diets with very very poor diets that yeah, no one yeah, in their I mean, right mind would why why not why not compare it with somebody who uh, who has you know a good balanced diet you know yeah. yeah these guys should these guys should probably not be eating Popeyes every day but it's still not an argument to go on the complete other end of the spectrum yeah I yeah. don't know about you guys but I don't know that a that a massive bean burrito that they were that they were giving these guys would be the best idea before you go and uh go to football practice no no 
Um, so they, they talk about animal protein increases inflammation <clears throat> and, um, you know, you can, you can dig into this a lot deeper than, than we probably will. But, um, one of the things on this is one of the main drivers of inflammation is, um, weight, uh, weight gain and gaining more weight. And on average, uh, vegans consume over 600 calories less per day than omnivores. So they're going to weigh less. So they'll probably have, uh, <clears throat> have, um, less inflammation, um, and they also, all the studies that they cite, the people are eating very um, high fat, high calorie sources of, of meat, like hamburgers or other high fat. And so, uh, you know, once again, it's, it's studies that are, are, have a lot of other variables in play by just meat. It's like, what quality of meat, where are they getting it from? What is it? What are they actually eating it with? All that type of stuff. Also, they're not talking about the calories that, that they're taking in, the excess weight, um, all that type of stuff. So, you know, that, that argument, I mean, it's pretty... You know, if you really, it's just like most of this stuff. If you really actually start digging into it, it's just, there's, there's not anything there. It's all smoke and mirrors. Um, kind of skip, skip a little, little bit. What? Well, all right. So what'd you, what'd you guys think about the, about the gorilla? <laughs> Once again, it's just like, just like saying, you know, uh, gladiator, gladiators ate a lot of plants, like. Yeah. Well, okay. Gorillas are jacked. I'm. I'm not a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's like that. That doesn't help the conversation. No. At all. It's just another. It's a way to add into the movie and give people one second to. If you don't think about it deeply at all, then you're like, oh, that may make sense. Cars you know, run gasoline person, and they run like forever. Saying, it's like saying dolphins are healthier because they swim more. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? Is, that's not a comparison. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. That's the first I've heard of that. So that's I good. just made that up. Good, good job, well. Chase. Thanks, man. So hashtag the dolphin fallacy. So, uh, <laughs> once again, Lane uh, Norton really dug into this. Uh, he said, uh, gorillas eat a diet of around 19% protein, which is 5% more than vegans when fruits are available. But during the eight months of the year when fruits are scarce, they pump the protein up to almost 30% of their total calories. That is double what the average vegan pursu- uh, consumes. They're also, uh, gorillas are also eating about 40 pounds of food a day. And so, yeah, if they're eating that much food, um, no matter what you're eating, you're going to get a whole lot of protein. And so that, that protein is going to, is, is going to, you know, build their muscle. Whereas, um, a vegan is eating not even close to that, uh, amount of food per day. So they're going to have to eat a whole, whole heck of a lot of food to be able to get the same protein level when they're eating on average half, half percent, uh, uh, half as much protein, uh, as a total percentage of their, their calories. All right, so then they go on to the one that got pretty much everybody's attention, especially guys, uh, the burrito experiment part two, where they measure the guys' um, erections while they're sleeping after eating um, the, <laughs> the 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 high the uh, the vegan food as opposed to compared to the other food. Um, Imagine starting that conversation about the experiment. So. Here's what we're gonna do with you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you're asleep. Is that the first time erection's been said on the podcast? Has it? Is that a first? I don't, ben, Chase? ben says it at least once a week. I think we just kind of gloss <laughs> over it. I've been bleeping it out for 50 episodes. <laughs> Not today. Um, yeah. So the this the the study, um, just the references they provide in the study, just. If you actually dig into them, they, they're just not true. They're their fault. So, you know, it's just another of the references and the studies they're citing just aren't, <coughs> aren't are not actually showing what they're saying they're showing. 
Um, what did the sorry? What did the the shorter males? What were they eating specifically? Did they say they were the, just non-vegan the softer based males? It wasn't shorter. Yeah. It was softer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, softer. Yeah. Uh, never mind. We can skip. <laughs> uh, it, it was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was two burritos. I mean, it was a, a vegan burrito versus a, a animal animal based burrito. So like a ground beef. So the, it was uh, strictly just off of one burrito is what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, was yeah. it ninety ten sirloin? Was it yeah. seventy five twenty five chuck? Yeah. It was what are we talking about? And that, and that's, something, right. yeah. that's, some, that's something I want to get into at the end of all this is is the the food quality and the individual aspects of that. Yeah. Um, well, you could even like. Do you guys remember the documentary Supersize Me? Mm -hmm. uh, the yeah. McDonald's one. Like the dude's sex drive was like insanely lower based on his diet his high fat high carb diet as compared to like eating clean and yada 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 yeah and like i mean and that, and that can be taken from you know a, a lot of different things i mean like you know high, high cholesterol can have right. an effect on that but also the fact i mean you know if you if your cholesterol is that high you have that many health issues you're probably also you're probably not doing any kind of exercise you're not boosting your testosterone that way you probably don't feel good about yourself. Exactly. You're not in a good place mentally. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot more things that can affect it than a bean burrito. Right. Um, so then they go into stop eating meat to save the planet. Oh. Um, they talk about uh, meat production is ruining the the planet. Um, so if you want to, you, you go into actual breakdown, a percentage of uh, greenhouse gas emissions, animal agriculture is responsible for 13 to 18% of human-caused greenhouse gas emissions globally. <clears throat> um, fossil fuel combustion for energy and transportation is responsible for 64%. So what's worse for the environment, um, the, the car that you drive or eating meat? Obviously, the car that you drive is way more worse, way worse. So if you're really, if you're really worried about that argument, st stop driving a car. That, that, that's going to yeah, have a lot more go benefit. Buy, go buy a hybrid, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's going to have a lot more benefit than... Um, than um than cutting meat out so um overall the the biggest summary let's just wrap this whole movie up um the biggest takeaways for me were the movie is like you said it's propaganda it's not an actual documentary they're not giving fair representation of both sides there are arguments you can poke holes through them very easily you can go and actually see that a lot of the studies they referenced incorrectly um and it's just, you know, it's just done by people who know how to make compelling movies and they have a vested interest, financial interest in, um, not just in the movie, but also in their other businesses in, um, um, you know, getting people to go vegan. One of the things that was interesting for me was I realized how influential media can be when it comes to, uh, decisions that we make. Um, so there's really two points. One I realized that throughout the course of it, like even as I was watching it and like rolling my eyes and kind of, you know, had that approach, there were times where I got sucked into it and I was like, man, I need to eat more plants. Like I need to eat better quality foods. And so there's obviously a positive to it. Um, no one, you know, the hard thing is they weren't bringing in the side where you do eat more plants and you do eat vegetables, you eat real foods. Um, and so I wish that you know, for, for most people, we could see the positive in it, not just the negative, uh, the negative side of that. So that was one thing for me was, you know, it's, it is good. We need to probably be eating more plants than we are. We need to be eating more vegetables. Um, 
But the other side was just being cautious to like, you know, our human nature is, man, I'm really struggling to eat veggies. I need, I know what I need to do. I need to just only eat veggies. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. And I don't know why we go from there to the the most extreme. And so for a lot of us, I think the things that we need to focus on from a health perspective are going to be a little bit more boring than just like having this New Year's resolution type mentality with your diet. Um, think about sustainability. Think about what you can do for the rest of your life. Um, start small. If you're having trouble eating enough plants, then don't just eat a plant-based diet, right? It's it's just add in a little bit of plants. One meal a week to start, you know, mm-hmm. two meals a week. Food prep, three meals of vegetables to add into your daily, you know, so you get three good vegetable-based meals. Um, and then start from there instead of starting on something that's going to last for two weeks or two days. Um, so that was me. You know, I thought about the human nature side of it where, we just we want to go all into things instead of the real the reality of what is going to keep what is actually going to change my health mm-hmm. small yeah. habits that build up over time. Yeah, I, the, the what I what I kind of took away from and you know one was obviously not giving fair representation to both sides of the argument. And anytime if you're ever watching a documentary or reading an article that is really advocating for a you know, one extreme, one extreme side of the spectrum versus versus the other. Always be very cautious and don't just don't uh you know jump blindly into it and just immediately accept all their all their claims as truth because there's typically if you're that extreme about something, there's usually something else behind it, like like James Cameron and this and this whole pea protein thing. And, I, and it got when I when I first saw that it was uh, that it was James Cameron, I was like, I mean, okay, if, if they don't show all these all these vegan athletes like slowly walking away from a uh, hamburger stand while it's exploding, then <laughs> then it was a complete waste of time. But all, but also I remember watching James Cameron, he did a uh, he actually did a documentary on the Titanic. He was going to prove that the Titanic did not sink the way that we thought it that we thought it did, and it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But uh, yeah, you know, always always look at the source and uh, and research or research what's truly behind it. Um, so wrapping up, um, I wanted to just talk about the vegan diet in general because you know it just it, it gets talked about a lot, and people want to know if it's good. And uh, my first thought on it is people always say, I feel so much better when I switch to vegan. I'm like, of course you feel better. You're eating, all you can eat is vegetables. And before you're eating fast food five times a week, like your food quality is way better. You're getting a lot more antioxidants and vitamins and minerals, all that type of stuff. Of course, you're going to feel better when all you're eating is plants when that, because that's what you only can eat. That There's no doubt about that. I'm not, nobody's saying that you don't need to eat lots of vegetables. Um, uh, the second thing is everybody has different reactions to different types of foods. Okay. So for me, for example, I cannot eat beef. I did a food, food, a blood test, a food tolerance test and beef causes a really high reaction for me. If I eat beef, now that I know this, I do not sleep well that night. Um, I can, I can get headaches from time. I don't digest it well. I get heartburn, indigestion. And so I know that I, I cannot eat beef. For me, I'll, now I'll have a steak every now and then, like for my birthday or something, but I, I know going into it, hey, I'm probably going to have to have some Tums. Um, but at the same time, I can eat chicken all day long with no reaction. Now there's a vegetables that I cannot eat. I cannot have avocados. Avocados really, really mess me up. And if you watch this film, you would think that, man, avocados are extremely healthy. But for me, they 
I do not have a good reaction. And so everybody is different. And so I really encourage people to start paying attention to how you react to different foods. You know, some people can uh, have gluten. Some people can't. Um, Some people can have beef. Some people can't. You know, Caleb did this and his, the foods he can have are completely different than what I can have. Like if Caleb and I ate the same diet, one of us is going to be really jacked up. So, you know, it's, it's not as easy as just cutting all this stuff out because, um, you know, different people can, can have different foods and there's a lot of aspects that play in that. And a lot of it has to do with the gut health and, and, and your microbiome and all that type of stuff. Um, along, along those notes, uh, spinach, spinach is an example. I've heard up to, up to a third of the population has some sort of food intolerance, not necessarily an allergy. Like we've changed that term a little bit, but an intolerance to spinach. And so, you know, you think, all right, everybody can have spinach or lettuce or salads, but I know a lot of people who that was the most surprising part of their food intolerance test was that lettuce, spinach, things like that were on there as a really highly reactive. Spinach was on mine. All, all Almonds were on mine. Yep. You know, stuff that you would think is healthy. Well, it's, it's causing inflammation in my gut every time I eat it. So that's something. Um, <clears throat> the biggest thing that we see with our members is they don't get enough protein to eat. Even even the ones that eat meat, they're eating high high fat foods and they're not getting enough protein and they're not building the muscle and muscle is the key to health. And we talk about that all the time. And so going from a uh, animal-based diet to a plant-based diet when you're already not getting enough protein is, is just setting yourself up for disaster. You're not going to make any progress. You're probably going to go backwards because if, if you're not getting enough protein with meat, you're definitely not going to get it up without meat. It's going to be extremely, extremely hard um, to get enough protein if you're eating a, ve- a, a vegetable-only uh, diet. And so for me, the most important p- thing for people um, on the on uh, outside of eating high-quality foods is making sure you get enough protein and making sure your calories are right, making sure you're getting the right amount of calories based on your goals. And for so many people that we've seen over the years, when they start getting enough protein, their results start improving drastically their body fat percent starts going down a ton they start performing better in the gym it doesn't have anything to do with adding more vegetables all that type of stuff it's actually getting enough protein so in a country where most people are not getting enough protein to to then say well let's switch over and only eat plants where it's going to be even infinitely more harder to get enough protein is a recipe for disaster um my final thought on this is yes eating more plants is good I think the majority of your food should be plants. It's the essential, you know, vitamins, minerals, um, antioxidants um, is going to help your body. Yes, you need to. If most of your meal looks like greens and different colors and all that type of stuff, you're going to be in good shape. But cutting out meat is not going to benefit your health. It is probably, you know, it's probably going to hurt it. The best diet that we've talked about. Um, and we consistently talk about is moderation diet. Eat everything in moderation. If something doesn't agree with you, cut it out. But eating, making sure you're getting enough protein and eating a wide variety of vegetables. If mo- if just about every meal looks like a lean piece of meat and lots of vegetables, you're going to be in good shape. So that, those are my, my biggest thoughts on that. That's such a good point because, you know, even since we've started our nutrition coaching program, the the one thing when people start paying attention to their food and what they're eating is – a lot of times we're really off base when we try to, if you just try to think about, all right, let me just estimate what I'm eating. Percentages of macronutrients like protein, carbs, fat, how much am I eating? A lot of times we are drastically, drastically off mm-hmm. and protein being the number one. And so 
if you're already bringing in too many calories and you're only getting 50% of the protein that you need, uh, you're bringing in a lot of calories of carbohydrates and fat that are unnecessary and and leading to a lot of the reasons why you want to you have goals in the first place and the mm-hmm. things you want to change. So uh, that's a great point. The protein is, I would say, people are probably even closer to 50% off on their protein goals. Oh, absolutely. And so to to try to even feel guilty about trying to include more lean protein sources um, would be it'd be tragic for a lot of people. Yeah, especially if you're, I mean, if you're coming to the gym four days a week and all of a sudden you start doing a vegan diet, your performance is going to tank. I promise you, because you're not going to be getting enough protein, you're going to be getting weaker. And so unless you're extremely diligent about tracking and making sure you're getting enough, you're not going to get enough. It may, it may not happen right away because you can hang on to muscle for a little while. Give it, give it about, if you, if you were really diligent about being going vegan and doing it for about a month you will start to get weaker you will will happen and i've seen posts of people saying well i switched over to this and protein's overrated i was able to hold on to my muscle because hey i'm lifting this heavy weight all right that's not a scientific study at all you're just saying well i was still able to lift heavy weight did you test a movement and then retest it a month later did you test all your different you know muscle groups maybe maybe you lost more muscle in your legs than you did your arms and you're only showing your your upper body bench press or whatever the case may be. You know, what, what have you been, have you been training this hard? Like there's a lot of factors in there, but over time, if you're consistently not getting enough protein, you are going to get weaker and your body fat percent is going to go up. That is a, that is a fact. There's no doubt about that. The fact that we lose, especially so you're thinking, okay, but all right, I'm, I'm in the gym, but my parents or, you know, my grandparents, maybe they need to be more vegetables and think for longevity. Their their goal is not, but for a lot of for a lot of people, the reason why you're not able to live on your own, and the number one reason why people aren't able to live on their own, is muscle atrophy. Right, losing muscle. We already know we're losing three to five percent of your muscle mass every decade. So as you age, the protein is still really, really important. That's one thing that it's hard, you know. But in having conversations with family that is kind of outside of our circles, a lot of times, it this is the exact opposite of what we're trying to get. I think for for longevity and being able to do things for the rest of your life and be able to live on your own um, is keeping muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, for our family members who aren't involved in fitness and who potentially have poor diets, that's one thing to, you know, this would be this would be a really harmful thing. I think for a lot of people, even more harmful than um, their diet currently is. Yeah, and 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 it's not like we're just saying all these claims. We have empirical ed- evidence in the gym with our body fat scanner, with people's results. Like they're getting stronger through sugar water. They're tracking their numbers. They're going up. We're tracking their um, body fat percentages. They're going down when they're at when they're adding protein. It's insane when somebody actually gets, starts getting protein, what it does to their body fat percent. Well, here's the thing. I mean, just logically too, like you're eating more real protein, you're going to feel full longer. You're going to be less likely to go and, you know, grab a snack or grab a honey bun or stop by the gas station or whatever. Uh, and so whenever you are... Whenever, whenever you're whenever you're eating a high protein diet, then a lot of times you're going to feel better. You're going to feel more full. You're going to be less likely to eat the things that are that are causing you the health complications and the and the issues with body fat mm-hmm. percentage and total health. Mm-hmm. Look, you can be a vegan and still perform. It can be done. It's going to be very very hard. You're going to have to eat a wide variety of plants and you're going to have to eat them all the time. So if you're listening to this and you're a vegan and you're mad because we're we're crapping all over it. 
Come yeah. at me. <laughs> if, if it's working for you and you're, and you're tracking your stuff and it's getting better and your, your health is getting better and you're where you're at, good, keep doing what you're doing. But for the vast majority of people, that's, that it's not going to work. I know a ton of people who have tried it and a ton of people who have crashed and burned. Okay. And so just keep that in mind. Don't just watch a documentary and completely change everything um, just because they, they convinced you. You know, talk to somebody who knows this stuff, who knows you, who's been working with you, a coach who can tell you what what's going to be best for you because, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. So anything else you guys want to add on all this topic? Oh, man, I think we covered it. it again, it. it's not all negative. Eat more, eat more plants. Eat more I was vegetables. encouraged to eat more. Yes. I was encouraged to eat more plants and stuff. And so mm -hmm. it some for a lot of us, it takes a really, it takes an effort to do that. So, yeah. all right. So. We I'm are. tired of all this agreeing with each other. Let's start arguing about some crap. <laughs> <laughs> Chase is back. Woohoo! Uh, so we're moving on to outside the box. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo What's the topic today, Chase? Yeah, what are we what are we talking about? I came up with this as I was falling asleep last night, <laughs> and I think it's a good one. I was, I'm glad you're to know that we're the last thing you think about before you fall asleep. Always, it helps me sleep better. Because <laughs> uh, I just kind of get bored, and then I just. <laughs> um, but I was worried that we had done this before because we spent a lot of time talking about things that uh, we like a lot. But I've I've thought for sure we talked about this, but I've done the research. You guys have helped me confirm it. We have not done our list of most disappointing movies that we've ever seen. And uh, I think this one's worthy of a, a top three with a little bit of bouncing, you know, with around each Agreed. answer, starting with our threes and stuff like that. So uh, are you guys prepared with your uh, with your lists? I'm gonna, I am prepared. I'm going to guarantee yeah, Caleb's not, but uh, he'll probably come up with them on the fly. <laughs> Absolutely prepared. In fact, I'll start it off. Fantastic. Let's start with Caleb and then go from there. Uh, so, so start with your number three, and then we'll do Chris's number three, and then blah, blah, blah. All right, number three. Um, I think one of one of my favorite movies of all time is the was the very first, and I don't know the names, the, the second name of the movie. The Pirates of the Caribbean movies; those were when they came out. Yep. I was like, man, Johnny Depp killed it. Yep. It was it was amazing. I love the movies. As they went on, mm -hmm. they were terrible. Yep, unwatchable yep. movies. Uh, I don't know the name of the last one, but the one where uh, with all the barnacles, the guy that started going on—that's not even the last one. That's set, there's are there four? Yeah, or yeah, five yeah, now. There are four. And then one At where least. Johnny Depp ends up on an island somewhere. And That's stuff, three. And that it just started to get really, really unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's any Pirates of the Caribbean beyond the first two. I feel that. I feel that a lot. Number yeah, three. The, fir the first one is probably going to be the best pirate movie to ever exist. It's oh yeah, just they did yeah. it perfectly, and then just. Straight down. You can say that about a lot of sequels. They just they just start churning them out as yeah. fast as they can. Yeah, do we want to, after the, do we want to eliminate my, any of the movies? That, if there's we more have, than, if there's we more have than done two. the, we have done the list, uh, worst sequel, uh, yeah. a yeah. while back, but this is different, even though it may be some of the same answers. You want me to go? Yeah, go for it. All right. So my uh, my number three, I've actually, like, I couldn't decide which one I wanted to be number three, so I'm just going to say both of them. Um, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah. That's the worst one. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's been what like ten years now, so I can say this without without ruining it for anybody. You yeah. get you get to the end and you're just like aliens. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, I thought That's that too. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, the whole time I was watching, I was like, there's something cool is going to happen. There's going to be some reason. And then it was aliens. I was like, such a cop out. Yeah. yeah. Aliens always a cop. It's out. like I they could, wrote about five six of the movie and it's like, yeah. oh, we got to end this. I got to figure out how to end this. Uh, let's just uh, aliens. Aliens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put aliens in there. Um. Yeah. And uh. And actually, the other one that I had a really uh that uh, I liked this one better than that one, but it still could have made it on there, was the uh, was the first Captain America movie. I was so, so pumped up and so excited for it, and I really thought that it just, it just fell so far below my expectations. It's probably that. a little bit of my own fault. They got better Yeah, I was about to went. say, Winter Soldier may be one of the yeah. best movies of the whole Winter franchise. Soldier, Winter Soldier was really good, but the first one I walked away just kind of like, eh. It's, really, it's slow, and yeah. not in like a good kind of establishing slow. It's just no, slow. It yeah. just Because yeah. you never came back to much of it. Right. Yeah. I didn't like it like I was telling in the last episode. I started this, and that was the very first one you watch. And I fell asleep about two-thirds of the way through it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, had to, I had to go back and watch, uh, read like how he how the movie ended and in another part so I could figure out what was going on. In the they get better. Movie. So it was not good. Just hold on to that. What's okay. your number three? My number three was extremely disappointing because it had two of the funniest actors um, out there, Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. And it was called oh, Get Hard. Yeah. And I was like, man, I love Will Ferrell and I love Kevin Hart. Um, this was back, you know, before Kevin Hart was in 55 movies every year. Um, <laughs> him and the rock yeah and it was just it was terrible it was not funny it was I mean it was just a bunch of penis jokes yeah all the whole movie was was penis jokes and I was yeah. just like this kind of like the end of game changers yeah <laughs> I was like, you, you go into it it's called get hard you're like okay I, there'll probably be a couple jokes of this no it's an hour and a half of jokes about that no, yeah, not funny disappointing yeah now I will say if we if we started doing the list of most surprisingly good movies Jumanji, the newest one, will be on there. I have not seen it. It's it's worth watching. Wait, hold on. The newest, the second? Sorry, no, the, the first one of the new ones. Because I follow, I follow both those guys on social media, and I think they just finished filming Jumanji, Jumanji 2's two. coming out. Yeah, yeah, they're starting to push it. December, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, first one was not bad. Anyway, sorry, not that list. Uh, so my number three, um, this one has a little bit of recency bias, but... It's it's got a lot of childhood stuff behind it, and it was Superman versus Batman, um, because I love Ben Affleck, and I will say Ben Affleck was easily the be- easily the best part of that whole movie, despite what everybody was saying about him. But Hot Dog is that a crappy movie? <laughs> well, wow! I, I was never I was never a fan of just the concept of Superman versus Batman. Yeah, I I just I, I don't get. It. I was never a Superman fan because it's just like you know. Oh, okay, here's a new comic. Is this guy from uh is this guy from Krypton? Nope. Well, I guess I know how this one ends. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh I just overall thought it was just a really it's just a bad story. Like yeah. the the that acting wasn't bad. It was just really crappy fight scenes, uh, overblown like cinematics and stuff like that. Like every every dead gum Justice League type movie nowadays just destroys a whole city with no repercussions. Yeah. And it's just annoying almost. Uh that movie always makes me think of that that gif of Ben Affleck when he's getting interviewed about that movie and he just looks so sad. <laughs> the hella dark is my old friend, yeah. Bill. Yeah, so anyway, my number three, Superman versus Batman. All right, on to the twos. Uh, my number two um, is going to be, I think, uh, I can't remember how old I was when the first Lord of the Rings came out. 
All three Lord of Dory. All three okay, of the Lord I was of the Rings. About to say. Amazing. I had my hopes up for The Hobbit. Yeah. I okay. hear this a lot. I had to, we had to read that in sixth grade. Sixth I changed, grade? I changed schools. We read it in seventh grade. Um, and so for me, like childhood, like that movie or that book was like a part of my childhood. And so uh, anyway, after Lord of the Rings, the hopes were so high. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know something about the Hobbit movies in general. We'll just, I'm, all of them. Uh, I could not get into the Lord of the Rings movies. Wow. And now I gave, I get, I'm We're just going to let him go with that. Yeah. I, I, I gave it, it you with can Chris, edit this out. I just kind of let those things happen. I gave it every chance in the world. I sat down, I tried to watch the first one three times and it couldn't just, I fell asleep the first two times I tried to watch it and just couldn't. You uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. That's all right. Well, anyway, uh, so my uh, my number two, Star Wars Episode One. really could be Episodes 1 through 3. I just try to pretend that those don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first three, one was definitely the worst, I think. Yeah. Uh, three wasn't bad, mainly because some of the cinematics and stuff were like bad A, like where they're fighting on the lava and stuff like that. Yeah, I just I could I could not get past like um like we're just gonna pretend that the the technology got worse as a, <laughs> as time as time went on. Yeah. yeah, that was that was my that was my biggest uh, my biggest issue and also Jar Jar. Yeah, my God, what were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad since, I, since when does Star Wars need a comic relief? I'm yeah. glad I got to experience that movie as a kid so that it still has nice feelings for yeah, me, you know? See, I, yeah. I, I woke up, I, like, during the summer when I was at home all the time, I watched the original Star Wars, yeah. like, on loop all yeah. summer. Loved them. Anyway, that's a good pick. Yeah. So, my number two, um, I'm a huge fan of, like, history and history movie, movies and, like, history. His history with like war and all that type of stuff like gladiators are like one of my favorite movies ever alexander that movie that came out uh oliver stone movie Didn't i was like watching it. so excited about that movie like oliver stone's a great director alexander the great this is going to be awesome and it just was not good mm. it was just like like i wanted so bad like to find any silver lining in the book and then like i mean in the movie and then and then like they, they released the extended directors a cut with all this stuff and it just just wasn't good. And it's like, how do you screw up such a great story in life? Yeah. But do you like did. Troy? I did like Troy. I yeah. like Troy. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't expect it to be like the the highest quality movie ever, but at entertainment, I liked it. Cool. I was just curious. Uh, my number two, this may, it may come as a shock, but I think because I wasn't allowed to watch it until much later in my life, I'm able to see it for what it is. And I'll straight up say it. Scary Movie is a terrible movie. Scary Movie? The spoofs. Uh, the Scary Movie spoof. Well, I mean, it's, all right. they, 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 no, are, no, no, they no. are what it, they are. <laughs> I, exactly. That genre is not good at all. It's any any kind of spoofy movies. They're not. I don't understand why they're made. So now you're stepping on my toes. <laughs> good. Good. Because you already went to the Lord of the Rings Battlegrounds. <laughs> they're they're crappy. People hype them up as these hilarious things, and they're just not. I don't remember laughing once. It's Probably just, another one of those deals where like like I saw the I saw those as a kid, right? And so like yeah, I could see where if you didn't see them for the first time until you're older. That's why I gave that clarification because like when it came out, I would have been like five. But uh, still, Airplane is still the funniest movie ever made to me. 
Yeah, I feel that. Well, it, but it, he just does it better, though. Like, even yeah. when he is in the scary movies, he's probably the only silver lining yeah. of those kinds of movies. But all the other people, it's just, I'm I'll just not him. about yeah, it. Give you that. that may be a little bit of a too personal one, but it's my list, so it's on there. Yeah. Caleb, your number one. All right, so number one, which, real quick, let me, uh, Airplane, that was, I'm so glad. I mean, Chris, I was I was having some trouble coming up with a movie to watch one night, and I text Chris, and he immediately replied, Airplane. And we looked it up, we watched it. It was amazing. Yes. So if you haven't ever seen it, which I'm sure you know a lot of people listening are like, of course one. we've seen that. I may have been the last person on earth uh, to see that. Uh, my number one was a movie that I think a lot of us hold really dear to our hearts um, as one of the greatest movies of all time, easily the most quotable. Dumb and Dumber should have never been you, messed with. You okay? Oh, you all right? Should have never no, no, been no. messed with. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm I was sorry. about to come out of my chair. <laughs> no, no. Dumb and Dumber should have never been touched. I just saw touched. steam coming out of Hunter's ears. <laughs> Dumb and what? Dumber should have never. Get out of here! You're never back. coming back. Been it's, messed with. Is two the one where they changed actors? Yeah. Or did Jim Carrey come back for that one? No, they it's changed. A different no, actors, no, right? no, two, two was a completely. That's different enough one. sign right there. It was, that it was and I don't. All right, idea. so here's why that may be a bad answer because I don't know that anybody was like expecting great things from no, it. You may have not. I don't but think so. From an underwhelming, it was like. Did you say Dumb and Dumber or two or two two and er? I mean, once they start doing, yeah. I mean, once you start with yeah. that, it's like er felt more like the, uh, re a rescue operation that just didn't go well. It could yeah. have been. It really could have been. Um, like we may have screwed up the one thing that you feel like cannot be screwed up yeah yep. dumb and dumber uh i was really excited to go see dumb and dumber er when it came out i went to the theater i went with like three or four buddies there's like one other group of like four guys in the entire movie theater and it was just such a bad movie but i will i still remember this to this day i, I <laughs> the guy's supposed to meet his girl his date at, at this park bench at seven o'clock and he sits down on the bench and he looks at his wrist and he's drawn a he's drawn a, a, a watch pointing to seven o'clock on his wrist and he's like, right on time. And these guys that were the other group that was in there laughed literally for 10 minutes. <laughs> One of them was laughing on the ground so hard. And it was just funny because we were laughing at them laughing. Yeah. And that's the only thing I remember from that movie. They were probably high. No, I, I I know they were. <laughs> like they, you should have seen how much food they had. But that that was that was the funniest to me. I'll never forget that moment. Like, and I wish I could go back in time and like like watch a movie like Friday when it first came out in theaters. Oh like, man, yeah. I would pay so much money to be able to go and and sit in a full you, movie you theater. You might not be able to Friday. see the screen though. Just all the all the haze in front of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just just the crowd's reaction to the to uh to that that. That type of movie, I would I would pay to pay good money to see that. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So, uh, my uh, was that your number one? Yeah, yeah. My my most disappointing movie of all time was Jurassic Park three. I was a huge fan of the franchise growing up. I'm even a bigger fan, uh, even a bigger fan now that I've started uh, going through the novels and all of that. But uh, not don't really care much for Jurassic World. I mean, I kind of expected Jurassic World to be what it is, but. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic Park three. I mean, I loved the first one. I loved the 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 Lost World, and so when it was coming out, was really really excited for it. And then it it took about ten minutes into the movie for me to be like, this is garbage. This is what year was three? Three would, would that have been, was like, and they've been two thousand three, two thousand three ish yeah. somewhere in there. 
And then, like, I started I started reading about it, and there was, like, a, a huge issue with where they were wanting to go with the story. They were literally writing the script as they were filming. Oof. Or filming as they were writing the script, rather, I guess would be the better way to uh, to sum that up. Yeah. It had the it had the cool scene with the uh, uh, with the pterodons and like in the birdcage and yeah. all that. That was about the only redeeming quality for that movie. So have yeah. they saved Jurassic Park though? Lately, with these new it's ones, just, it's different. It's just it, different. yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely it's, it's definitely kind of Disney'd a little bit. Like they're trying to appeal it more to get younger kids to come see it. And I was just a much bigger fan of the darker side of it, like with the original. And I w I wish they would take more of more of Michael Crichton's ideas and run with it. I will say three had the greatest scene in the entire franchise, and that's when the phone starts ringing and it's in the pile of crap from the dinosaur. Yeah, that was funny. What a great plot twist. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> what a twist. Hunter, you got a number one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Sounds sad about it. Yeah, I am sad. <laughs> because it's, it's very wow, sad. Wow, it is really raining. Mine is... The entire movie industry for the last 10 years. Oh, oh wow. Man, oh, yeah. Matt, that dun, was dun, heady. Dun. Um, I love movies. I love good movies. I, uh, I got really into movies my senior year of high school, and I took this American film elective class, and he had us watch all these classic movies, and I got really into, like, classic movies and going through the AFI Top 100 list, and that was right when Netflix came out where you would get the discs sent to you, and I would just go through the list and get them sent to me and then send them back. Actually, just funny side note, I just uh, changed my Netflix subscription from disc and uh, uh, some online subscription, just online subscription, and I had to pay a $20 fee because I guess I lost a DVD like 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I never sent back, and so I had to pay like $19.99 for that, but I, I didn't realize I was paying an extra $5 a month to get a disc every month. I don't even know they, if they even do that still. But anyways... <laughs> um, and so I got really into movies, and the movies that came out in the 90s and the early 2000s were so good. Um, so, like, some of the the, the highest quality movies, uh, Forrest Gump, uh, Gladiator. I mean, there's just a string of very high-quality movies. And then you had the Lord of the Rings things, and then the whole movie industry starts going to developing these franchises and putting out movie after movie after movie in the same franchise, and it's all about the action, action, action. And I, I really enjoy plot-driven, character-driven, dialogue-driven movies. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy some of the Avengers movies. I like watching those movies, but they're not my favorite type of movies. I like a good movie that that is is plot-driven. Yeah. You used to get, like, movies like, uh, I mean, like, and it hadn't been all bad the last 10 years. Like, you still have movies like Wolf of Wall Street, Dallas Buyers Club. Like, you know, those movies, you, you used to get, like, you know, four of those out a year, and mm -hmm. now you get one every couple of years. And those maybe. were the big releases. Like, on Christmas Christmas Day, like, that's a tradition with my family to go see a movie, and uh, that kind of ended after Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> and I've talked about that before. But, <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, you would get awesome, like, not only entertaining, like, action-filled movies, but, like, well-made movies that would be nominated for Academy Award. Now it's, like... Spider-Man 27, you know, or mm. Fantastic Four, the... Reboot. Yeah, and it's just all these superhero movies and it, because that's what is making all the money. I understand it's a business, but at the same time, the quality um, of the movies to gone, me... Man. Yeah, the art is gone. Just and like music. Yeah, but I will say the art is living well in television. I was going to say, yeah. I, think, I think The Sopranos 
was is the first series that successfully started killing film. Yeah, and and I I I will watch a good TV show over a good movie any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And I there's so many good shows on TV now, and that like it used to be. The actors on TV were, you know... Secondary. Uh, oh, yeah. But now all the best actors are on, are on TV. And mm-hmm. those are the best known actors. Like, probably the most famous actors walking around the planet right now are all the ones from Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know? And so, um, I, I I, mean, I love good TV. But just the movies industry as a whole, like, I used to, like, look and see what movies were coming out every week. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't wait to go see certain movies. I've probably seen five movies in the past five years. And I don't, I don't I have no idea what's coming out. I don't know what's going up for Best Picture. I watched some of the best picture movies the last five years. Just they weren't even that good. The last movie that I went to the theater and saw that I was I thought, wow, this was a successful trip was Dunkirk. I'll tell you a movie that I am very excited to, to see is the new movie that's coming out straight to Netflix. Uh, oh, the um the Robert De Niro one. Yes. Uh, what the heck? Uh, the Irishman. Um, yes, the some, Irishman. Or is that what it is? The Irishman. Yes, I cannot wait to watch. I love Martin Scorsese movies, yep. and I cannot wait to watch that. I mean, that's, that's supposed to be awesome. I'm yeah. scared that that movie is gonna belong on this list yeah. after it's said. Uh, done. Uh, no, already, already. Uh, people that have seen it have said it's amazing. It's okay. already gotten good. really good reviews. Good, and it's already up for best movie of the year. I think so. Sweet, but the. That's that's just a whole interesting di- dynamic too. Like they're going straight to Netflix. Like they were in theaters for like four weeks. Yeah. And only limited theaters. So yeah, and, and that's and that's the cool thing with uh, the streaming and all that because with with television, you know, back when we were growing up, that's where the plot and character development was, and in the movies was where you kind of got to see like the real, just kind of a. Uh, the the raw reactions and storylines that you couldn't put on TV now with streaming and Netflix you get both of those you can develop characters over a season yep. and you can still do in these shows what you would not be able to do on TV yep mm. that's a good pick <laughs> all right well my uh, my number one's a little underwhelming compared to the whole dissertation we just <laughs> but uh, but uh, mine's another uh, childhood-based one. I used to watch a series on Nickelodeon called uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, and it, it was really really special to my heart. Kind of similar to what you were talking about with Lord of the Rings, there, uh, Caleb. Uh, I love this series a lot, and when I found out they were making a live-action uh, version of the movie, I got really excited because it was going to be directed by M Night. Shamalala, yeah. uh, <laughs> who, as you know, directed the the Signs movie and the uh, the Sense. Village and stuff like that. Six Sense has a good track record of making pretty sweet movies. Hot dog, did this movie suck? A big fat one. It yeah. was awful, a terrible, uh, a shame filled event. That even <laughs> even even as a ninth it. grader, I knew that this was pathetic and sad. And yeah, change changed my perspective. Shyamalan also did, like you said, he also he also did the village. He yeah, also did the Wicker Man. Uh, yeah. I was about to say the village. I don't know who threw the village. In the village was a, one of the biggest letdowns ever because that was I, after. I agree. After to be fair, I saw it also when I was in like fourth grade, and I was yeah. like, "Wow, this is scary." No, I was too. Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, this is going to be a a really scary movie. This is going to be," fu-. and I just couldn't follow it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I will say, um, the, some of the most disappointing movies I've seen are the ones that I've read the book first. The movie's just never as good as the book. Yeah. yeah. And even if the, if it's a good movie, the book's just always The better, disappointing part with me w- was the, the creative way. liberties. 
stuff that like his I guess his ego allowed him to take it's just he completely changed that, what the core of the series was what you said, I movie. said that because what you said reminded me of Ready Player One the movie yeah, and it was I hear so different than the book that the would book have been was a, really good, been a good one like, for the list they just, it just got so Disney-fied in the movie and like there were all these characters in the movie that were not in the book and it just like almost was completely different and I was just really disappointed because the book was really unique and really cool book mm. and the movie was just like blah Blah. Blah. That's a good way to end the episode. Yeah. Blah. Blah. Uh, recommends. All right. Anybody got a recommend? Uh, the book, Ready Player One. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, Hunter actually told me about that book, and uh, you've probably recommended it on here before. I don't. I can't remember if I have or not, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then the uh, did it's you read the Red journey. Rising series too? I have read those the Red are, Rising series. That's another one. Yeah. Uh, my recommend uh, is the Defiant Ones on HBO, three part documentary on Dr. Dre and Jimmy, God, I can't remember what his name is. It is amazing. It's so well done. It's It just follows both their lives. I mean, if you've seen, uh, what, what was uh, NWA straight, movie? Straight Out of Compton. Yeah, if you've seen Straight Out of Compton, that's kind of, you know, it's like the movie version. This is actually like the real story, and it, it's, a, it's a documentary. It's very well done. It's got interviews with all these famous people. One of the funniest is the interviews with Eminem. Like, Eminem is just... He's such a character, man. But anyways, it's it's just a story of these guys' relentless pursuit in what they love to do and and all the obstacles they overcome and what led them up to um, joining together and then what led them to start Beats and how that came about and then selling it and everything. It's just, man, it's a really good, entertaining documentary that you learn a lot from. So I recommend that. And then also rewatch Hero Dreams of Sushi on Netflix. If you haven't read the, uh, watched that, that's awesome. Awesome documentary as well. I've got one. Uh, I've been listening to this podcast called uh, Broken Record. It's uh, it's by Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. Uh, and it's also got, uh, hold on, let me, I don't want to, oh, Rick Rubin, uh, who is a, a famous hip-hop and rap producer. He's, he's done other stuff too, but he's mainly known for pushing out some of the biggest uh, names in uh, hip-hop and rap. And they, uh, they unpack... Uh, a wide variety of artists. Uh, I just got through listening to, listening to Tyler the Creator's one. That dude's a freaking genius. He, he's a profane, scary, crazy genius. That it, his his episode is so good. Uh, they like listen to like four or five tracks from his album. Just they'll listen to the whole track and then they'll just unpack it. Like you know what he put into it. Uh, Eminem's been on it. People like that. Uh, but it's just so good. There's a lot of, uh, there's two really smart guys unpacking uh, these different parts of uh, music culture and stuff like that, and it's just super interesting to hear. It's mm. Broken record. It's very good. Cool. Malcolm Gladwell is awesome. He is. And that dude's a genius. Um, so uh, I, I, I can't remember if I've actually recommended this before. I don't think I have, but I went back and I listened to the interview again. Joe Rogan had uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm. on there uh several it was a uh, uh, several years ago and i'd uh I, I've, I've listened to it twice because it's that good it's that entertaining especially if you kind of grew up watching the uh the golden era of wrestling with like with macho man and um and all those guys because he tells a lot of really good stories about some of the uh some of the other wrestlers and um there's an amazing story about when uh uh, he had his uh, he had the cobra like he tied Macho Man up in the ropes and the cobra bit Macho Man on the arm. He tells a story about leading up to that and all that kind of stuff. And 
That was incredible. He's also a really good Jake the Snake. You wouldn't think it. He's an amazing storyteller. Does a really good job of kind of painting the picture. He even does voices of some of the guys. It's great. And uh, and then he also he also obviously he he goes into um, uh, his life um, and the really really rough upbringing he had and uh, you know his addi his addiction to drugs and pills and how he got clean uh, working with a. Uh, working with Diamond Dallas Page and doing the whole DDP yoga thing. It's a really, really amazing interview. That's so funny to me that DDP has yoga. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's doing great with it, though, man. He's killing it. I need to I need to go listen to that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that that interview? Yeah. Yeah, really good. Really, really good. All right. That's all. That's all I got. Sweet. Sweet. Well, sweet. We didn't miss Ben at all. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you guys. Uh, see you later. Silky smooth sounds.